Head over to miniaturemarket.com where they have thousands of board games at discounted prices and you can sign up for product alerts. Hello my friends, it's the Game Boy Geek here. Over the last nine days, I've come out with nine year-end videos of the best games of 2019, going through all sorts of different categories, doing lots of top five lists, covering 35 different games with no crossover in most of those lists. Uh, today, we're gonna be doing the 2019 top 10 games for me. Now, if you wanna see some of that earlier coverage that's been out the last nine days, easiest way is to go to gameboygeek.com slash 2019, or if you're on YouTube, click my, go onto my channel, click playlist, and then click best board games playlist. Now, for this list, this is my top 10. Now, mo most of these games I've uh, mentioned in some of these other videos, but now you're gonna see where they all slot in my 2019 top 10. So without uh, further ado, let's get started. Number 10. It's a tiny little game that I played almost more than any other game this year. It might even be the one I played the most. It's called Push. It's from Ravensburger. This game looks like it's, you know, was made in the 80s with the colors and the way the numbers look. It looks pretty generic. It looks mass market. It is mass market, sort of. This is one of my favorite absolute push your luck quick games to play. It's so fun where you're, you're basically you know, pushing your luck by drawing cards. You're, you can place cards in up to three different sort of columns or stalls, if you will, but you can't place either the same number or the same color in that column. So you're bringing out cards, you're trying to get points because each of these cards you take are worth the value at the end of the game if you have them. So you're trying to get more and more, but as you push, since you can't push, put the same number or, or color in the same column, you start as you get greedy, start giving more points to other players, but sometimes a die will come out forcing players to roll a die and losing all of the color that they have in front of them of that, that they haven't already banked. It is, it sounds random and it, and it kinda is, but there's also some strategies too that go along with it as you learn how to play the game a little bit more. This is just one of those great family games that you get everyone around, it plays two to six players, uh, and you're gonna be laughing, you're gonna be high-fiving. Uh, it's just, it's a light game that has great decisions, even like, Something that might seem very obvious as to which pile to take when it's your turn might not be that obvious, playing the odds of how many colors you have, which ones you have, things like that. So this is just a very light, fun game, uh, laughing at people when they bust, trying not to be too greedy, uh, and forcing people to roll dice and watch their cards just wipe away. Uh, but there are ways to, 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 to get around that. You can skip your turn and bank all of one color and keep, keep it safe for good. So there's some strategy involved there. But man, this is a fun little game. I've played this at happy hours with my coworkers. I played it at family events. I played it at parties and I played it with my gamers and it always shines through. Push from Ravensburger. Number nine. It's essentially, I'd say it's like mixing up the game The Mind with Bomb Squad. Uh, this is a cooperative game where you are trying to get past scenar different scenarios. This is a scenario-based one where there's different robots that you're gonna be running and you're gonna be trying to do different things. Like the first robot is a cat and it's on a vacuum and you're trying to suck up all the dust bunnies. And the way it's like The Mind is that you're cooperatively playing cards, but you're programming them. And so you're gonna place a card face down Players won't know what that card does, but they will know if it moves either forward or back or if it turns. You just won't know which way it turns or how far it moves forward or back. So players are playing cards and you're trying to time it. Again, no communication, kind of like the mind. You're trying to figure out who's gonna play a bunch of cards right in a row because they know what they're doing. 
and we're all trying to figure out, okay, we kind of know what we're trying to do in this scenario. They've played two cards. I'm guessing they moved two and then turned to the left. So if that's right, then I'll go here. You know, it's, and then once everyone has played at least five cards, you can stop, you flip them over, and you just basically do what the program says. But there's so many different scenarios. There's four different robots uh, that all have special abilities that work differently. This works well with families, and it works well with gamers as well. The artwork's adorable. Uh, components are great. The sort of miniatures, the book is high quality. Uh, this is one of those sort of scenario-based games that you can play the scenarios more than once because every game is sort of a different puzzle when you have a different group that you're playing it with. Highly recommend Quirky Circuits from Plat Hat Games. Number eight. Is a blind bidding game called QE, which stands for quantitative easing. This is from boardgametables.com. Essentially, in this game, you are all different countries infusing money. You're essentially printing money into the economy. Essentially, what's happening is you're bidding for tiles. These tiles will be worth a certain amount of points, and they'll be worth different points to different players depending on which country you're from, which industry it is, this and that. And simply someone's going to, the auctioneer's gonna write a bid that everyone can see, that everyone else secretly bids. The coolest part about this game is it's super open. You could bid 20, you could bid 100, you could bid 100,000, you could bill, bid 37 million. It's completely open. And your group is gonna change, or the group that you play this with will change how you play the game. Because at the end of the game, essentially you're gonna be getting points from winning these tiles that you bid, but whoever has, has spent the most money cannot win. They're eliminated. So you're trying to have the most points, but not have spent the most. That alone is really cool, but it's also really cool that when the bid is, is, is finished, only the player who bid and won the bid and the auctioneer actually know exactly how much that was won for. Everyone else is like, you know what? I bid 37,000 and I didn't get it, which means this player that won it spent more than 37,000, but how much? And you're trying to keep this total in your head so you know how much you can bid without bidding the most at the end of the game. It is fantastic. It's super simple to teach. Uh, it plays in about 20 to 30 minutes. It's quick, it plays three to five players. Oh man, this is one of the, this is probably my favorite bidding game now. Uh, and it's just amazing. QE from boardgametables.com. Number seven is Marvel Champions. And this is a surprise to me because I I don't love Marvel, but I don't dislike it either. Um, it's kind of a moot point for me. It's whatever, it is what it is. Uh, and even with that being said, having this be my best cooperative game says a lot because the game mechanisms in this are awesome. This is an LCG living card game from Fantasy Flight Games, which means there's a base box that comes out with five heroes. You know, you have Iron Man and Spider-Man and Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk and, and, and you're trying to essentially defeat villains. And you're gonna be playing cards that will give you different abilities and you're trying to basically you know, defeat the villain without having their schemes get to the end. But the cool thing about this is that you have an alter ego side and you have a hero side. And you can flip back and forth once per round and different ones will give you different benefits. And certain other cards that you have in your hand only activate when you're on one side. You're also helping each other because different minions are gonna be attached to different players. You can go over there and help them defeat theirs. Um, there's multiple different uh, bosses that you'll be fighting, different scenarios. Uh, but even with that, there's more hero packs and, and scenario packs coming out. I've recently reviewed ones for you know, Captain America, Ms. Marvel, and the Green Goblin. Um, but this game, it is so cool. It's great solo. It's fantastic with two players. It's good with three players. Um, it's. It's so fun to sort of work together 
you can help each other out. Um, you can defend each other. You know, someone's low on health. I have a good defense. I'm going to go over there and defend for them. You know, things like that. Uh, this really surprised me because, again, I'm not a big Marvel fan. And just in general, it's okay to me. It's fine. I don't dislike it. But that means that if you like Marvel, you're probably going to love this. Um, I like card games in general. And just the way that these different abilities trigger with each other. The fact that each character comes with its own sort of aspect, whether it's aggression or protection or leadership. And they're sort of built this way to start with, but you can mix and match any of these aspects with any of the other characters to have sort of this, this variability. Or you can even like make customized decks where even within an aspect, you can add or subtract different cards and such. So, wow, this game is fantastic. Uh, I can't say how much I like this. Even though it's Marvel, I was really surprised. You gotta check out Marvel Champions. Number six. Is a game that was on Kickstarter from a small company and it was delayed for a really long time. However, once it finally came out, it was worth the wait. This one is called Campaign Trail. This is sort of an election style area control game where you're trying to be the president of the United States. And so you're fighting over different states to try to win the votes of that state for the Electoral College. Now this game has multi-use cards where you're gonna be using those cards to set yourself up like gaining money, gaining registered voters, uh, and uh, moving around. And you're gonna be also using those cards to campaign, to advertise, and to use special abilities. Now, in all this, there's also debates that happen. That's a very interesting mechanism that you'll be, some of the things that you can do on these cards is move things up different tracks and debates, and all the states that have that as an issue, you'll get to move up in at the end of the debate if you're good at it. So a lot of it has to do with, ooh, I wanna use this card for this, but if I hold it back with a debate, I might get that. Lots of tough decisions. It is a mean area control game, but the biggest thing here too is most of these style games are two player only. This is one to six. Uh, you can play a three-player game where everyone is their own, or you can play with more players where you're teams. One's the president, one's the vice president, so there can be up to six players playing. Um, this style of game, that is a different thing, and, and it's one of the reasons why this is as high as it is, because it plays with a lot of player counts, it plays with it well, um, and it's just a really fun area control game, and those multi-use cards are awesome, the debate's cool. It's just a fantastic game, and uh, Gray Fox Games is going to be uh, putting this on Kickstarter next year to sort of reprint it with an expansion with some some things that they've you know redeveloped a little bit um, so keep your eyes on on that for now um, until then I think you could, there's a few copies maybe left on uh, Cosmic Wombat's games uh, page that's that's the, the company that originally put this out uh, it's probably about a two hour game uh, but it definitely doesn't feel like it because it flies by number five I saw this back in March at Gamma in Reno, and when I played it there, I, even after the first play, I went, whoa, this game is going to have legs, this is special, uh, I, I, this is Spiel des Jahres material. Everyone I've introduced this, to, this game to loves it. It's Point Salad from AEG. It is like the best sort of easy drafted game out there. Completely replaced Sushi Go for me. Essentially, you are drawing either two vegetables or you're taking one point card. That's your whole turn. But the strategies in this are really cool because you might have a point card that says, hey, I, if I have the most tomatoes, I get, I get uh, 10 points. Well, you can bet other people are going to be starting to take tomatoes when they see them. There's a lot of that fighting other people for things. Uh, you're trying to collect sets sometimes. You're trying to have an even amount of things. You're trying to say, have you know what, have uh, one of these three and you'll get eight points, right? So you, now you're just trying to collect these things. Oh, 
Tomatoes are worth three points, but onions are minus one, right? So now you're gonna try to avoid those. And the cool thing is that every game is different because there's over a hundred different ways to score in this game and every game they're different depending on the cards that you take. So you are telling yourself how you want to score that game and then you're trying to get the points to do so. Uh, it's, it's, it's just so elegant, it's so fun. Uh, it plays two to six players and plays every player count really well. Uh, the game looks vibrant on the table, the cards are good quality, it's just, I've never seen this fail. I've never seen this go over so well that everyone at the table that's not played it before hasn't gone, oh, I gotta buy this. Like, this is just one of those staple filler games that's gonna be out there, I think, for a long time. This is gonna be one that we're still playing 10, 15 years from now. I can guarantee it. And that's Point Salad from AEG. Number four. Is a game about animals in Africa. It's called Bumuntu. In this game, you are essentially trying to collect different animals and there's a fluctuating market. And these animals are gonna be worth a different amount of points depending on who has the majority and where they are in this fluctuating market at the end of the game. You're simply gonna be moving your figure around, collecting animals, and then each of these animals have a special ability. They all work differently. Some of them affect other players, some of them don't, some of them allow you to do different things, and some of these tiles allow you to affect the market. So you're moving animals up and down, they're gonna be worth more or less. You're trying to obviously have the majorities of animals that are worth the most, but if other players have a lot of other ones, they're gonna be trying to move the one that you have the most down. That fluctuating market is just a really cool idea. It's very streamlined. Um, the player aids are really good. The replayability of this, it is a pretty abstract game with that set collection and you know uh, that, 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 that market manipulation. Um, but having all of the animals sort of work differently and having the board be different every game really sets this up for like unlimited replayability because you're just trying to work out this puzzle. You're like, oh, I'm gonna move, I'm on the lion, I'm gonna move three in one direction. That's gonna put me on the giraffe. Then from there, I'm gonna move one, two, or three to somewhere else, you know, stuff like that. So you're, you're, you're trying to look a few moves ahead, sort of chess-like, to be like, I'm gonna move here, then that'll allow me to move here and get that one, then I'll move here and get that one. And not only are you collecting sort of uh, animals for set collection, there's also two other types of sort of logos that are on some of these tiles that also give you sort of set collection bonuses as well. It's just a very streamlined, fantastic game. It almost has sort of like a Rhino Kinesia feel to it. But this is a great game, Bumuntu. Number three. It's a game that came out in 2019 in Europe, but not in North America, but I got a chance to play it just around Essen time frame and I bought a copy from Germany. Actually bought multiple copies for me and my game group. Uh, and it's called The Crew. Now in the German version it's D-Crew, uh, uh, D-I-E Crew. And it's gonna be coming out early next year in the first quarter by Thames and Cosmos. This is a cooperative mission-based trick-taking game where each of the missions is essentially one hand of tricks. Where everyone's gonna get a, a whole bunch of cards and you're gonna be playing a card and other players are gonna be following suit. However, each, each round sort of has a mission. Like there's other cards that come out that say, hey, here's a red three, right? Somebody has to take that card in order for you to pass the mission and go to the next one. Well, maybe the next mission you have to take three different cards. Each player is gonna have to take a specific card. Again, simple, but you're trying to figure out how do we play this so that everyone has it. There's also some really clever limited communication that you can give people as to what color you have, what's the highest you have of a color, is this my only one of this color? and is a deductive aspect when you give a clue 
as to what you might have in your hand and it facilitates even more thinkiness. This is a very thinky trick-taking game. If you like trick-taking, this is one of the best trick-taking games I've ever played. Uh, and the missions are very quick. There's 50 of them and they're definitely replayable because every game, every time you play the same mission, it's going to be a different puzzle because the cards are going to be dealt differently. This game is fantastic. It's one of my most played games of the year and I've only had it for about a month. Uh, it's it's amazing. I wish it was out earlier here, but it's not. But it did come out in 2019, so I figured I'd put it on this list. And that is The Crew. Number two. Not often would I say this game uh, is a new modern classic that I'll say in the same breath as Jaipur and Lost Cities and things of that nature. It's called Mandala, M-A-N-D-A-L-A. -A -A. It's actually a two-player card game. Uh, where you're essentially trying to score points by playing cards onto two different mountains. And the mountains, the cards in the middle of the mountain, are what you'll be able to collect. However, to collect those cards, you need to have the most amount of cards on your side of the mountain once all six colors have been represented. And when you get these cards, at the beginning of the game, they're going to be worth lower points. One. But over the course of the game, as you get new colors to score, they're going to be worth more. Two, three, four, five, and six. So this game is an interesting arc that you're fighting for these colors. You're trying to keep colors from the other player. You're trying to, uh, some of the places you go, you're either adding and seeding the colors that you want to collect, but then that means you're leaving it open for your opponent to maybe go big on their, on their side to try to steal the ones you've been seeding. You have two mountains going on at one time. It's like you're playing two mini games at once. I'm gonna go over here and focus on this. Ooh, they did this, I gotta go over here and do this. It is this like seesaw action, it is tense, it is a simple game, but oh my gosh, is it awesome. Uh, I played this more than 30 times and I'm still finding new strategies. It's simple, but got a ton of depth, it looks beautiful, comes in an awesome mat, and this is a new modern classic and it's why it's my two player game of the year, Mandala. Number one. All right, here it is. Game of the year for me. Uh, this is actually a sequel to a game that came out uh, a few years ago by this designer, Mike Fitzgerald. Um, it is a standalone game, a tactical card game, Football Highlights 2052. Now I'm gonna say, even if you don't like sports games, you've gotta check this out. Mike's done something unbelievable here. Uh, not only has he followed up a very popular game that I absolutely love, Baseball Highlights 2045, with another game that has some similarities yet feels very different. He's also designed a game that I know from talking to him, he designed it theme first and mechanism second. Um, but you could theoretically make this a game about going down into a dungeon, getting to the end of the line where the dungeon where the monster is and, and hitting it and getting some points for doing so. And you're trying to do that more often than the opponent who's going down your dungeon. Like, you could actually change the theme on this game and it would work. Which is crazy because he did theme first and the game is super thematic. Feels like football. Um, and I say that to say, people that love football are gonna go gagas over this game. People that don't care about football, I think you should still give this one a try because it's a, just a great tactical card game. You don't really have to know the rules about football at all. Sure, it might help a little bit, but it's not like, there's not a lot of football knowledge that's needed. Essentially, you're playing cards with icons on them and you're trying to move uh, down to the end of the goal and you get points, right? Um, but uh, another thing that's so great in this game is, you know, this game sort of, it grew on me. 
I've got to tell you, the first few times I played this game, and I played it in different iterations through the development because of how big of a fan I am of baseball highlights, the first few times I played the game, I was iffy on it. I was like, so-so. Uh, but they made changes as the game went on before it got published. And the more and more I played it, the more and more I was just enamored at the multi-card use and the amount of decision-making you can make in this game. The fact to know when to bend, bend versus break. To know when to give them a mismatch, to let them down the field because the offensive card on that one is not the one you really need right now and you don't have any audibles left. The fact of knowing when to play the audibles. The fact to know what to draft. The fact that you can draft your team. You can play, you can play this game just standard team straight up or you can use just the stars and draft at the beginning. You can do drafting in the middle at the halftime. Like the, you can play one against one, two players, great. You can play with up to four in one box and have a tournament, awesome. All different ways to play the game. The game just fascinates me at the, the, the amount of just pure depth that the game has in its tacticalness. I mean, it's just, it really blows me away. Now, I did do a comparison between this and baseball highlights. Uh, I'm sure you can find it real line. I'll try to remember to put that, 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 that link below so you can see that. But this game, you know, it's often that as we get towards the end of the year, we make these lists. It's easy for those Essen releases to sneak on these lists late in the game because they're the new hotness. So for a game that came out to backers, it came out just recently. But I've had the privilege, and I'm very blessed to be able to say that I've been playing this game since January of this year. Granted, that was a prototype version of the final game, but I also had the, the real version very early too. I've been playing this game for many months, and it still made my game of the year, which is another big quiver in its cap. I just can't say how much I like this game. It's, it's definitely going to be one I'll be playing forever, often. There's also an app being developed now that you can play online with other players, which is awesome. You can test it out with that and see if you like it first before you buy the game. I just cannot believe that Mike Fitzgerald did it again. He did it differently. He, it, it feels so different from baseball, but yet it feels familiar. Um, it feels so much like football, but at the same time, it could be a different theme. Uh, it just it blows me away about what he did here, and the decision-making in this game is awesome. So for all those reasons, Football Highlights 2052 is my game of the year. Well, I hope this helped you learn a little bit more about some of these games that you didn't know about. Now, all the ones that I've done here, I've obviously reviewed, and all the links for those reviews are below me in the description of this video. You can click on those to learn a little bit more in depth about those different games. And also, if you want to see all my year-end coverage of nine other videos of the best games of 2019, go to GameboyGeek.com 2019, or on my YouTube channel, click Playlists, then Best of Board Games. This has been the Game Boy Geek, breaking down barriers, growing relationships through board games by helping you the next one you'll love. Did you miss the Game Topper 2.0 Kickstarter? Have no fear, it's not too late to get in on the ultimate gaming accessory. Convert your table into a high quality gaming table with a fully portable Game Topper system and take advantage of some of the best 3mm premium gaming mats in the industry. New styles, new sizes, and new accessories can be yours. Upgrade every game you play by late backing now at GameToppersLLC.com.